Hello, friends. Thank you for joining us at Christian Advisor. I'm Ryan Brown, a financial planner, and I'll be your Christian Advisor for today. I want to start off by asking a very simple sounding question. What is money? Now, after I've asked this question, some of you may have pulled out a bill from their wallet and said, this, and proceeded to turn off the show. Fair. Others may have thought, okay, where's he going with this? And that is what I'm hoping to discuss. You see, in our culture, we have so many different options for money and trade that what money is in the first place is rarely discussed. Money. Does that mean those hard assets like gold and silver, which carry their own value? Is it paper money, also known as fiat currency, which are those 5 10 20 and $50 bills we are familiar with? Up here in Canada, those are a full rainbow of colors to make it easy to differentiate when trading. As we move into our new technological era, are the crypto credits going to take over for our currency and be the new way that we exchange everything? All of these bring a very important question to the forefront. If everything has to do with how we barter, then what do we use to cover everything else that isn't involved in trade? Because after currency, we have to ask about margin. And margin is a fancy economic term for everything that you produce which surpasses that which you consume. You could call it your excess. Finally, we know that finances are one of the most stressful topics for the vast majority of people. In fact, it is considered that finances are the leading cause of divorce amongst long-term relationships, classified as relationships that have lasted longer than five years from the University of Michigan Institute for Social Research. So there's obviously a component to money that is actually quite emotional. And we're going to take a look at all of this to see how we as humans have all these different perspectives regarding finances. Thus, to begin, let's talk about the beginning. Genesis 1.1 says, In the beginning, God. But that's not the beginning we are looking at today. According to the Smithsonian, people have been using a barter system as far back as 40,000 years ago. Furthermore, the first currency, the Mesopotamian shekel, has been found as far back as 5,000 years ago, which places it somewhere around the 3000 BC mark. Currency, at the time, was, again, a simplified barter system, as it only came in about one shape and one size. The reason why it was able to be used as a simplified barter system is because the coins themselves had a generally agreed upon value through the fact that each coin was itself a hard asset, like owning and using gold or silver bars today. As humans, we kept coins as our primary means of exchange for a very long time. Actually, it was until relatively recently in 1971 that the world's currency was able to be exchanged into precious metals at any time. After that, we introduced something called fiat currency, and that's the paper currency that you are familiar with today. As we crest the dawn of the 21st century, something called blockchain technology has been created, and there is a lot of talk that in the near future we may be using cryptocurrency as our primary means of exchange. 
What's the lesson so far? Simply that there are many different means of exchange for a barter system. But what we can conclude is that these tokens are inanimate objects, and generally, objects are not known for their emotional activity. Earlier, we discussed that there is something emotional about finance and money. Something incredibly emotional. So, what about money and finances is so emotional that the Bible warns against the love of money? And studies show that money is the number one source of stress and conflict in marriages. Again, from the University of Michigan's Institute for Social Research. What we need to find is some way that the emotional, animate objects, us, are connected to the inanimate ones. Ron Blue from the Ron Blue Institute says that there are only four ways that we can use money. We can use it to live and support ourselves and our loved ones. We can give it away and support the communities that we are a part of. We can pay our obligations from it through what we owe, whether that be debt or taxes. And finally, we can invest it and grow it. And we can do that through buying investments, creating local businesses, and furthering our own education, which is investing in yourself. At the end of the day, we see that there are four main uses of money. When we look at it that way, the four uses of money are incredibly emotional activities. Being able to make sure that you and your loved ones are taken care of, that's very emotional. <laughs> Being able to support your community, that's very important. The acceptance of your community is the predominant reason as to why going through high school in those formative teenage years can be hard. Our obligations are stressful for a different reason. It's not a comfortable position to be in when you owe somebody money or the government is asking for their share of taxes. And finally, investing. Well, let's just say it takes a level of confidence in yourself, your future, and your advisor to put the hours and time from your life that you've accumulated to create your wealth into something that you're not 100% sure is going to succeed as you hope. Whether that investment is landing the dream job after university, or whether it's the stock market, whether it rises or falls. Now thankfully we know that the stock market generally rises in the long run, but that may not get rid of the anxiety regarding the uncertainty of your investments. Why is defining money so important? Whether you want to see it as margin, which is the difference between what you have produced and what you have consumed, or you simply want to see it as an anonymous means of exchange, what is so important about defining finances? What can our finances do for us through how we live, give, owe, and grow? To put it bluntly, you cannot know something that you have not defined. And here, we define money and finances as everything that ensures you are able to support you, your household and community, pay your obligations, and invest in your future. This may seem really different for a lot of people. At Christian Advisor, we are defining money 
not as currency itself and not as an exchange medium. Money is everything that ensures you are able to support yourself, your household, and your community to pay your obligations and invest in your future. This is why I like to say that money is a tool. If something is used to accomplish a task, the tool makes it easier. But fair warning, if I know anything about power tools, that means there can be some serious risks associated with using your finances improperly. To quote 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10, Those who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, and into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people, eager for money, have wandered far from the faith and pierced themselves with many griefs. I'd like to take a moment and highlight something. Those who want to get rich, according to this verse, will plunge themselves into ruin and destruction and pierce themselves with many griefs. Let's just take a moment and highlight that part. The risk of greed and mismanagement of your resources is about your health and safety. And I feel like I'm pointing out something that isn't normally pointed out when we have this conversation. When it comes to greed, the harm of greed is not the lack of benefits that you could be providing for your family. It is not the lack of benefit you could be providing for your community. It is not an opportunity cost in any way, shape, or form. The biblical warning is to your safety, that you will pierce yourself with many griefs, which may be an archaic way to say it, but let's talk about how in our society we have these game shows, where average people who are not trained to do some crazy thing will be put up to do said absolutely crazy thing for a cash reward. And our society finds these game shows so entertaining watching average people pushing themselves into ruin or destruction and finding out what types of griefs they can pierce themselves with. What other types of griefs can you pierce yourself with? Well, beyond making yourself a fool on primetime TV, I mean, some of us make ourselves a fool at any given time, usually in very good fun. Well, there's some sobering research done by our friends down in the United States from Ramsey Solutions and their 2018 study titled Money, Marriage, and Communication. In their study, they found that money is the number one issue married couples argue about. Furthermore, the higher a couple's debt burden, the more likely they are to argue about money. And then to top it off, 86% of couples who got married in the last five years started out their marriage in debt. If we want to set up future generations for success, debt is not the way to do it. Now, there is some good news with this research. The solution to all of these different financial issues and arguments is rather simple. 94% of couples that report having a great marriage to the 2018 Ramsey study say that they regularly discussed their money together. And here's the interesting part. They did not so much discuss the dollars and cents, but their dreams. 
their long-term goals, what they want to accomplish with money, and how they want to feel satisfied or fulfilled from their financial situation. Wow, now that is some deep conversation. Don't you just find that fascinating? Uh, I do. With all that we have covered in mind, I want you to take a moment and think. What is your relationship with the money in your life? In what ways has it been affecting your quality of life, positively and negatively? I think it's really important to stop and know how we are affected by our money and finances, but furthermore, to know what we are looking for with our own finances. What are you trying to accomplish with the money in your life? Now, that's a fancy way of saying what are your goals, but in addition to your goals, how do you hope to become satisfied with your financial situation? This may be a little more complex, and it's something that we're going to have to dive into further. But the reason why I asked this right now is we know that the solution to having a healthier relationship with our money is to be able to talk about our finances with those close to us. Not to talk about the dollars and cents so much, but to talk about our goals and what we hope to receive and achieve. To have those conversations, we have to know what our goals are and what we expect from our financial situation. To put it another way for us, Kale Dowell from Archetype Wealth Partners wrote that there are four primary wealth languages that people look for when trying to get satisfaction through their finances. People are generally looking for stability in the present moment, or they are looking to the future and how needs will be met in one, two, or five years. Maybe the moment, or more clearly, living in the moment and the experiences that their money can enable. An opportunity and what your money can do for you. What type of investment returns or business returns could you see? You may have feelings towards any of these four wealth languages of stability, future, moment, or opportunity. And I honestly figure that each of these languages brings something that everyone appreciates to the table. But whether you have one language that's dominant or a couple that are strongly preferred, it can give you a great start to your thinking about your relationship with your money. And it can really help during your budgeting every month. When you take a look in the review step and ask yourself, do my budget priorities align with my life priorities? You can understand what your budget priorities may be influenced by. Perchance in your life, you may have one language fulfilled at the expense of another. And this could be a concern that's hurting your financial health. All of a sudden, money is looking a whole lot more emotional and a lot less mathematical, isn't it? Let's take a moment, and I would really like to encourage you. I've asked some incredibly hard questions. You don't have to have an answer for all of these questions right away. In fact, it will probably take a lot of soul-searching and mindful prayer. It may take time with yourself, and it will likely not come instantaneously. That's okay. Knowing what you are trying to accomplish with your finances may be something that you have to think over the next three to four months as you do your budget. However long it takes, that's okay. Just keep at it. 
we are on a journey that is not about reaching the destination. It is about making sure that you are confident in the decisions you have made along the way and being able to have honest financial conversations with the people close and important to you. Once again, we've covered a lot this episode, so let's review. In this episode, we asked, what is money? And we took a look at how humans have bartered as far back as 40,000 years ago, as believed by the Smithsonian. And that the first recorded finding of currency from the Smithsonian is around 3,000 BC, or 5,000 years ago, through the Mesopotamian shekel. We took a step beyond currency with Ron Blue, and realized that our finances and financial situation has to do with how we live, what we give, who we owe, and how much we invest to grow. With that, we see how finances is more than margin or the difference between what we have produced and what we consume. And following that logic, we saw how emotional money can be. We dove into 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. And if you want to reread this verse at home, I strongly recommend starting from the beginning of chapter 6 and going all the way to the end with verse 21. I promise it's a pretty quick read. In 1 Timothy, we are told that the harm of greed does more than just hurt our communities or those around us, but that the primary person our greed is going to hurt is ourselves. With that in mind, we want to take a hard look at what we want to accomplish with our finances and in our life. For that, we visited some of Cale Dowell's material, where he talked about the four wealth languages that people look for when it comes to financial satisfaction. And we're going to go further into Cale Dowell's content next time. I will leave you to think about what your relationship with your finances and in what ways it has positively and negatively affected you and your quality of life is. So with that said, we are approaching the end of our time together. Thank you for spending your time with me through this episode of the Christian Advisor Podcast. Look forward to new episodes coming out every other week as we journey through faith, finances, and fact here at christianadvisor.ca. You can find our show on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or our website, christianadvisor.ca. Once again, my name is Ryan Brown from Silver Maple Financial and IPC Investment Corporation, and it has been my pleasure to be your Christian advisor for today. Have a great day, and God bless.